Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You have to be a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, I'm going to be up your butt every day. This Ben Jarofsky show, Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the Chicago Reader and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky show. As I speak, it's Tuesday, December 8th, 2020, but of course it can be any time. It's a podcast. Uh, before I introduce my distinguished guests, I'm going to read to you a headline for the paper so you know what's going on in the world as we speak. Here's the headline from today's bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. Alderman's restaurant defied city-state COVID restrictions. Alderman Tom Tunney, 44th Ward Alderman, Lakeview's own alderman, owner of restaurant Ann Sathers, chairman of the zoning committee, apparently did not know that the governor of the state of Illinois had banned indoor dining and was running essentially, Tom Tunney, a cinnamon roll speakeasy at his restaurant on Belmont. Shame, shame, shame on you, Tom Tunney. You make it that much harder for Democrats to get a concerted message out. That's me talking. I'll see what my guests think about this. So before uh, we go any further, I'm going to ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves, starting with the guests whose first initial is D. How are you? This is uh, Dave Feller. I'm one of the co-hosts of uh, Just a Couple Guys Talking. We're uh, at one of our uh, auxiliary studios. (laughs) I'm the uh, president of the... 38th Ward Democratic Organization. And I'm going to ask my other distinguished guest, whose first initial is J, to introduce himself. It's Jamie Andrade. I am also a co-host of Just a Couple of Guys Talking, but also I'm a state rep for the Illinois 40th District. How can you, can you hear us pretty good with the shields? Yes. Yeah. You guys are wearing shields. Uh, it's protecting... Shield. Uh, they're wearing shields. Uh, Jamie Andrade, state rep from the Northwest Side. Dave Feller, a longtime precinct captain on the Northwest Side, president of the 38th Ward Democrats. They asked me to come on their show last Wednesday. I did. So I said, Feller, now you got to come on mine. They do their own show, uh, Jamie and David's, uh, just a couple of guys talking. And so as we're recording our show, they're recording their show. One hand washes the other uh, when it comes to podcasts and Facebook live shows in the city of Chicago. Uh, so much to talk about, uh, gentlemen, when it comes to politics uh, in Illinois. And it's been a while since you guys have been on. You, I've always billed you as the north side, Northwest Side political know-it-alls, as opposed to Danny Pogoshelsky and Jacob Kaplan, who are just the political know-it-alls. Uh, and Because, <laughs> you know, they'll talk national politics as well. Uh, since I began uh, with my assault on Tom Tunney, the alderman of the North Side, I feel we might as well start there before going on to Michael Joseph Madigan uh, and discussing him uh, and also talking about the state of the Democratic Party in general. Oh, Joey. Uh, 
Joe Biden election. Uh, so let's just get the Tom Tunney discussion out of the way first. And I'll pick on you, David, uh, to go up first. I rip Tom Tunney. Do you have a more benevolent attitude about him uh, when you read the story about him, him running his restaurant in violation of Governor Pritzker's order? No, no actually, I, I don't. I, I kind of agree with you, Ben. Look, we're, we, we, Jamie and I are both local guys, right? and, and I'm out a lot, probably a lot more than I should be. And these small business owners uh, are, are, are hurting. I mean, they are struggling. And a lot of them are coming up with very, very creative ways um, over the past year in order to make a buck and stay afloat. You know, uh, my guy over at um, uh, the Percolator, a little coffee shop at my house, uh, Joe Bastalone, George Karzis from uh, Gale Street Inn, um, my guy John Pavino from um, Perettas on, on Central are doing all the things. Dino's, uh, Bruno Morrison from Dino's, doing, playing by the rules, doing what they have to do, you know. Then you have a guy who um, has done quite well for himself in the uh, restaurant business and is a, you know, an alderman on top of it, um, skirting the rules and, and uh, kind of not doing what he's supposed to be doing. What kind of message does that send? You know? It's, it sends a message that Democrats uh, could be accused of hypocrisy, uh, David. That's the part that really irritates me because you know the Republicans have been playing that game uh, ever since the pandemic hit hard and ever since uh, Governor Pritzker began to enforcing uh, rules to protect uh, so to protect us from the virus. Jamie, your thoughts on this? So not just that is the difficult part is that they're saying, oh, because he, is he open because he's an alderman and he's going to be cited. So that, that that's that's what I, I find it difficult. You know, it's, it, I understand that everyone is, is in dire need, but it's still like, look, that, that literally comes out to the point of saying, you see, look at politicians. They do what they want to do. And so as an elected official myself, it just makes it very difficult for me to swallow that situation because we are supposed to be setting the example. And it, it just, it's, the example he's setting is, look, they're all the same. And it, that and it just hurts us and it keeps hurting us over and over as an elected official. Uh, all right, Jamie, speaking of elected officials who may be hurting uh, other elected officials in Illinois, I told you I'd be asking you the question. You know it's right. coming. Michael Joseph Madigan, Speaker of the House, Chairman of the Democratic Party. Every state rep who comes to my show gets asked the question, will you be voting for Michael Madigan for Speaker? If so, why? If not, why? Uh, take it away, Jamie. So here, the way I see it is, and I think the mistake people are making is that they're making a decision before they go to the Democratic caucus. Right? That is the the problem is there are people out there saying under no circumstances. But at the same time, that's why I called for a Democratic caucus meeting. I said we need to have a Democratic caucus meeting because are you a member of the Democratic Party or not of the Illinois House? So what happens if you know, so that's what I'm saying. If you either don't have the votes or you have the votes, let's let's move on. But I, 
I don't think anyone has the votes right now. So one of the situations is, are we going to let 19 mostly white state reps who are not really worried about their redistricting control the vote? Where let's say if there's more than 30 minorities or that, that are concerned about it. So I think this is a huge situation. I mean, what happens if all these, it almost feels like they're authoritarian Democrats, Trump-like, that will not accept the Democratic caucus vote. I think that's a serious situation. You know, are we going to let, it's going to come down if, if, if the Black caucus feels that Michael J. Madigan is the correct person to protect their maps because it's all congressional maps. Some of these people, some of these state reps didn't even know that the General Assembly draws a congressional map. So they don't even know what they're getting into. I think it's a huge situation. I don't think that a lot of these people were there when when Rauner tried to crucify the Democratic Party. But I also believe we need to, to either have, we need to have a meeting and we need to hash this out. Democratic caucus is a family and that's how it should be looked at. And a lot of this stuff should be dealt in house in the democratic caucus, Ben. It just, yeah. uh, so let me just help people out uh, with Jamie saying, I understand exactly what you're saying, uh, Jamie. So to be speaker, of the house you need a total vote i think of 60 60 votes and that include that's open to republicans and democrats what jamie is saying what state representative andrade is saying is that before oh yeah i know but i want to remind everybody you're a state rep uh so before jamie before that gets to that vote on the house floor where republicans participate the democrats will meet as a caucus I forget how many Democrats there are, 73 of them, whatever. I can't 73, remember. 73, we lost one. 73, okay. 73. 73 Dems will get together as a caucus, probably virtually, since we're in the middle of a pandemic, and they will vote uh, on who they want to be the Democratic nominee for uh, House Speaker. My bet is Michael Madigan controls a majority of the votes in that caucus. Therefore, the Democratic caucus will nominate Michael Madigan, and then the matter will become to the full floor, Jamie, and I got to see it to believe it. Democrats breaking ranks to vote for Jim Durkin, the Republican, uh, for I do not see that under any circumstance that happening. I just can't imagine uh, Democrats endorsing uh, Jim Durkin. Do you agree with me that? I do. They already came out. They're always coming out beforehand and just automatically just saying, we're not going to do this. And then, I mean, do they, I don't think they realize that we're going to go to the house floor. We're going to take a vote or wherever it's going to be. I calculate probably 45, maybe 45 for Madigan and then whatever for, for there, we're not going to have a speaker. We are not going to have a speaker, and we might not have a speaker for a while. Mm. We're not going to have when everything freezes, everything's at a stalemate. And so if, if they have to realize we lost Kilbride, you know, we, the Illinois Supreme Court will draw the maps. So are they ready to have someone else draw the maps? They won't care where they live. We won't have a budget. 
they'll say, oh, the, well, you know, some of these 19 or 20s say, oh, but the speaker's not going to go to the House floor without 60 votes. I said, what are you, are you guys dreaming? <laughs> of course he's going to go to the House floor with whatever. Yeah. Real scorecard. You know, everyone could just sit on the fence and just lie and do whatever they're going to do, but let's get to the floor. You know, it just it, it upsets me that, that Kathy Willis, who's on leadership, you know, she goes and says, oh, she's not voting for the speaker, then she should resign from leadership and give back her December pay. I mean, if you eat, yeah. if, if you if you sup at the table, then you, you have to be in for the long haul. Right. I think you know? she had a freedom of information request and find out who was responsible for putting her husband on the board. Well... So, uh, in other words, what you're saying is that uh, you're going to vote for Madigan in the caucus, uh, and then you're going to see uh, if those Democrats, when it comes to the full floor, still remain opposed, right. correct? And, and here, and Ben, the reason why, listen, I've been, I saw the only reason why we're not a right-to-work right state, mm -hmm. Why half of the other Democrats in the caucus didn't, you know, when they were saying we got to, we got to have an agreement, we got to get an agreement with Ron, or this is we're dying here, we're dying here. And the speaker was like, under no circumstances is the Democratic Party going to fold and give up its beliefs. We will compromise on A, B, and C. But under no circumstances are we going to compromise on our beliefs. And they, they, I'm just telling you, the remap is important to the yeah. Black Caucus. The remap is important to the Latino Caucus. When both of us are going to be able to, now here's just clarification. I'm not saying the, Latino, the whole Latino Caucus is for the, the Speaker or the Black Caucus is for the Speaker. So that, that just, but I got to tell you, the majority or the Latino caucus, the majority of the black caucus, I have to imagine will be for the speaker because they understand that this is going to affect the next 10 years mm -hmm. of, of minority representation. A lot of these you know, districts and people who are, are not born for the speaker right now, are they don't care because their district is 99% you know, white. You know, so they have nothing to worry. No matter what remap, they're still going to have their white district. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a few of them, and, you know, and there's, there is a Latina. But here, I don't blame her. She she was going to throw she was going to be thrown underneath the bus by the speaker. So there's no reason why she should vote for the speaker. You know, so. But I think it's it's, it's a grave situation that they don't understand that. We're in this for the long haul. You know, we got 50 votes, 60 votes, 100 votes. You know, what was it for Heinz? Heinz was 200 times they had a vote. Oh, my oh, God. You are not. You weren't even old enough to remember that, Jamie. I'm the only guy in this in this conversation. Tommy Heinz. And Heinz, and then there was a situation with Phil Rock where uh, three senators from the southwest side shook him down. They disappeared from the floor. They disappeared from the Capitol. They had they had to go find them. The Secretary of State Police had to go find them, bring them back. 
to vote and, and they got leadership positions. They got some chairmanships and Phil Rock had a deal. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I understand uh, your analysis, uh, uh, Dave uh, and uh, uh, Jamie. I really do. Madigan's got a majority of the votes pretty much locked up from the Democratic caucus. It's going to be very different. Locked up. What's I that? Think, I wouldn't say locked up. There's an understanding. Yeah, I wouldn't even say they're locked up, but I don't say he controls because I still think there's a lot of state reps who are saying they're going to vote for him, but once they get to the House floor, they're going to be like, I lost in the sun. Right, right. I, I just... I just think that it's the pressure, the pressure from both yeah. and the pro versus anti is going to be enormous. Oh, it's huge. Oh, yeah. All right. The pressure comes down to, you know, I'm, my problem is I'm too honest and too frank because I'm not a regular elected official. I've always been more staff than, you know, just coming up from the ranks. People, man, people got to realize I get emails regarding the speaker, but trust me, there is districts that you can elect Mickey Mouse to speaker and that's not their priority at all. They get zero, zero emails on who's the speaker or, or zero. I mean, there's, there's, you know, coming from a city of Chicago, there's some districts that are, I didn't even know we had a state rep. Right? A lot of people are like, who, who's, I, who's my state rep? I don't even know. So a lot of it, why do you think, look at look at the geography of the no votes, where they're coming out right now. Yeah. And so that's, that's the pressure of, yeah. of basically everyone's doing it for themselves. You know, here, if, if what the speaker did if the FBI or the Justice Department wants to make it illegal, then you know what? Make it illegal. Let's pass ethics laws that says that no state rep can recommend anyone for a job. Anyone. Mm-hmm. No state rep spouses can be hired for any related business that you were a main sponsor in. No anywhere in the country. You know, if I work on legislation that says prohibits A or B, then my spouse should not have any consultant job anywhere in the country if I was a lead sponsor of that topic, which happens, you know. All right. shouldn't do it. I mean, let's, 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 if people want to stand on their high horse, then I think. Put your money where your mouth is. Right. Your, your spouse shouldn't have a consultant job in your, this industry. You should not ask the speaker for help to put your 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 spouse or nephew and cousin and brother a and or a husband or, you know, on any board. You know, I don't know. I think that should be an interesting thing if we have a freedom of information request and see, and see who, which state rep. I mean, which... How many of the eighteen mutineers yeah. have uh, uh, asked the governor for? Has the governor for something? Has the speaker for something? Has the senate president for something? Right. You know. Let's, all, let's, right. Let's, all right. Let me let me uh, let me throw some at Dave Feller, and then uh, Jamie, you pick up on it because Dave already heard me on this when I was on his show last week with the thirty eighth with Rob Martwick and the thirty eighth warders. 
my issue with Michael Madigan right now, uh, Dave Feller, and I said it on your show, is that I don't think he's giving an adequate, nearly adequate defense for himself uh, in the 21st century. For And he is allowing Republicans to pound him like a pinata. And I said that on your show. And this Wizard of the Oz thing, where he is just releases statements every now and then, which uh, my old buddy Steve Brown probably wrote, is not cutting it in this day and age where you have to forcefully defend yourself, almost like Trump defends himself. And I just don't think he's doing himself or his party justice, Dave Feller, by just releasing statements here and there, making phone calls to his state reps, lining them up. You got to go to the public. In this day and age, Dave Feller, that's what I said in your show. What's your response? And I tell you something. That that is a, an approach that, um, um, for lack of a better term, old timers still employ. Look, the, the conventional wisdom is: if you're in power, don't acknowledge your opponent because that legitimizes them. Right? That's something that you, you've you, they've taught you when you first ring your first doorbell. Don't mention the other guy. You know, but I, I agree with you that that um, uh, battle tactic is um, uh, is is uh, has, sees diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. And, and I, I think because we said you're, you're you're getting the Republicans and now people that are using the Republicans for their own purposes from the Democratic side uh, just to hammer at you. And listen, we we live in a society that is a very um, as the attention span of Boo Radley, they just, yeah. uh, you know, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, and it's immediate, and, you know, they, they don't think and they just talk. So, yeah, no, I, I for, as I'm doing right now, but I agree with you. I, I don't think that is um, the right tact to, uh, to um, we're in the battle with, where you, you, you don't say anything. Yeah. I mean, it's here. Silence now, is not golden here. No, it's not. I, you know, I told him, I said, I said listen, you, you have to come out and look, I said, you're never going to get these state reps to come and flip just because you call them or someone else calls them or, or something. It's because the state reps that are a no right now, under no circumstances, under any circumstances, now that's not some that's a quote from someone else, but I don't know if he wants me to say it or not, but so I can't take that under credit for that thing, but it's because they have the perception. They have the perception in their districts that this is what needs to be done. And so the only ones that have gone to the you know to the general public is the Republicans and, and they they did it wrong or did it before in the Republicans. So now that's the, the perception of 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 what he what he's done or what he hasn't done, and here every, everyone says, "Oh, here I even 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 in Capital Facts, I said it." You know, I said at the end of the day, he also has to ask himself. The speaker has to ask himself, "What would I demand for my leadership?" Right? You know, because you can't you can't just demand something, expect something from someone, and then not do it yourself. So, but I think. It has to come out, you know. I think the 
you know, if the union members and the union leadership believe that this is the best situation because he was there for them, then they should come out also in video. Now here, the big problem, Ben, is, and maybe his lawyers are probably telling him, you can't come out generally on public because anything you say may or can be used against you. But that's that's a problem because then yeah. and defend themselves. Well, that's a problem. Well, I, I have a hard time blaming it on lawyers because I've been watching Michael Madigan operate for a long time. He's always done this <laughs> Wizard of Oz thing. I've yeah. never, yeah. Anyway, with the lawyers, it's always Steve Brown issuing statements. It's him hiding and making the calls, controlling everything from behind the scenes. That worked in the 90s, gentlemen. And I'm saying it's 2020. you got to update the game a little bit. Right Democrats here. are getting bashed statewide uh, because he won't come out of it. Have you, have you asked any of the other state reps that they say under no circumstances, have they ever, ever voted any other way that they wanted to or someone asked them to vote some way? Has any, any of them ever voted because the speaker picked up a phone call or, someone, or another one from leadership picked up a phone call and says you have to vote this way? I will bet you on my life that most of them would say no. That no one has ever told them how to vote, and they would probably say, listen, no one tells me how to vote. Exactly. No one tells you how to vote. Yeah. So no one controls your vote. No one does anything. So that's what that's the misconception. No. Jamie, you're absolutely right. And I say this. Part of the thing that frustrates me is I like Madigan running a party. Follow me on what I'm about to say, gentlemen. He's like Mitch McConnell. He knows how to play the game. He frustrates Republicans. Why do you think, Jamie, they spent so much money bashing Madigan that they didn't spend it bashing Rom or bashing Cullerton? Because they knew Republicans that Rom and Cullerton would sell out the unions in a heartbeat. And they knew that Madigan would stay loyal to the unions. And that's what it's all about, Jamie. Don't kid yourself. It's about destroying labor in this state. That's the Republican endgame. And Absolutely. so and so Madigan plays the game so brilliantly. He won't let the, the legislation will just die. He'll never make Jamie Andre, Andrade take a vote that's going to hurt him in his district. Correct? And so he'd rather have the legislation die than put a caucus member in jeopardy. So I understand what you're saying. He's a master of the process, but he's just got to do a little bit better job, in my opinion, on the public no, relations. You, I agree. He hit the nail right in the head. I mean, yeah. As far as that. He asked him because yeah. and I, that's what I said. I said, listen, public perception in politics is reality. Right? It's reality. Yeah, so it's, so you, yeah. you, you're going to have to, the unions are going to have to come out. That's what I said in Capital Facts, too. A letter's not going to cut it. No. Yeah. There has to be videos. There has to be if there's something. I mean, this is if you if you want this position, or if you if the unions really, the unions really want people to know what he did and what he prevented from happening, then they need to come out and spend some money and do some video messaging because you got to get the word out. All of them have to get the word out. And you can't do it by being the Wizard of Oz. You're exactly right. Yeah. You can't. 
that Wizard yeah. of Oz thing is not working. All right, let's. Uh, we'll be plenty of time to uh, go back to Matt again as the events unfold. Let's shift to Joe Biden. Uh, Dave Feller, take a victory lap. You're very proud. Yeah. When you were on my show, I forget when. Uh, I, I, a steady stream of lefties were coming through my show going, Bernie, I was one of them, Bernie, 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 Elizabeth Warren, Bernie, 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 Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth. And you came in and you said, no, Joe Biden will be the nominee. Uh, he's the best. <laughs> he came on my show and told me that. Uh, you know, I'm a big Bernie supporter. <laughs> a lot of crap for that. Yeah. But it's your time for a victory lap. Because uh, uh, Biden was victorious. Your thoughts on Joe Biden, the campaign he ran? You know, I, I think the um, um, he, you know, he, he was doing well in the beginning. Then he did that dip, and then I think South Carolina uh, kind of saved him. You know, the uh, in it, I don't know he was he was kind of. Um, after what Trump put us through for four years, yeah. I mean Joe Biden was seen as a stable entity. He was a he was a uh, you know he's not setting the world on fire, but he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna uh, he ain't gonna kill us, you know. Whereas Bernie, we didn't know really what we were getting, or, or you know, Liz Warren. Like some of that stuff sounds great, but then when when you 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 kind of read the fine print, you're like, you know, well, uh, you know, here's a crippling balloon payment. And, <laughs> Uh, 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 like, you know, when you buy the car and stuff, you're like, "Oh my god, you know, what did I just read?" So, um, you know, you know, and listen, and there was as he as he began to pick up steam, and he began to pick up people from other stuff. To this day, there's still Democrats that are like, "I don't like Joe Biden, but better than Trump," you know. <laughs> and and if, in, 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 in this business, that's a win, you know. But you know, there's still a lot of people that still can bring themselves to vote for him. You know, they would r- risk everything on, on, on that behalf. They'll just like, nope, we're, we cannot. They, oh, they, oh, because he's a centrist or right, he's, they, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I tell you something, the, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, I, I've been in this business 25 years and, you know, there, there's a lot of candidates over the years. I remember 1994, I, I had to go ring doorbells for Don Clark next. We weren't with John Clark next in the primary, and I really didn't like him in the general, but, you know, so I'm a Democrat, I'm a professional, and I, I kind of held my nose and did it, but the people on the left, they won't hold their nose at all. No, they don't hold their no. nose. I mean, look at I, I, Now, Ben, I, I got a question for you. How about Andre? I mean, how is the Democrat Social America, how are they treating him? Oh, Vasquez. Uh, Before I get to Andre, I just want to defend lefties. I've been holding my nose and voting for Democratic candidates, Dave Feller, since before you were born. I voted for Walter Mondale, didn't vote for him in the primary, voted for him in the general. I voted for Michael Dukakis, didn't vote for him in the primary, voted for him in the general. I voted for Billy Clinton, didn't vote for him in the primary, voted for the general. Okay, 2000, I didn't vote for Al Gore, voted for him. Okay, 2004, didn't vote for John Kerry, voted for so. Don't tell me about holding noses, man. I've been holding my nose and voting for whoever the Democratic candidate is. So, and, 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 back, to, and back then, I mean, whoever was running for county clerk, uh, <laughs> you probably had to like dig deep in there, like, oh, God, 
What else? Ben, just on what you, just on what, what you said. Yeah. You held your note. You voted in the primary a certain way, and then you decided. You know what? I'm going to vote in the general for the Democratic candidate. Yes. Now, yes, granted, there's some clouds and stuff under the speakership, but shouldn't that be? I'm here. If that's the case, you know, in one election, 50% of the 50, 49% of the people didn't vote for me, but in the general, they did. So that's the same way. We have a Democratic process of the speakership. And why should the minority control just because they're mostly white districts control all other districts. So you've held your nose. Now, if there's something illegal here, the FBI has nothing but time and money. Yeah. You know, and if they can't find something, then they, I don't know. Well, Jamie, we're, we're, we're Democrats, big D and Democrats, small D. So right. if, the way I see it, it's up to the 18 muneers to um, convince the other people why their position is is um, the righteous one. Mm-hmm. So the other people to say, um, you know, they're going to go in there and they, if they don't grow their um, their little mini caucus, at what point do you pull the plug on the deal? Yeah. No, I, uh, I, 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 I'm the same thing that they're doing right now. I'm being premature. You haven't even had a caucus meeting. Right. You know? So let's. That's what I'm just saying. That's why I was. I wanted to have a caucus meeting. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. We're back to Madigan. I, I, by the way, I think it's in the hands of the Black Caucus. I really do. Right. And just as. And I told, and someone called me and I, and I said, well, we got to, you know, someone called me and they said, you know, uh, basically, they, they call me in directly, and, and, and I basically they were fishing around if I would vote for them for for a speaker. And I was like, "Why on earth? Why on earth do you believe that the Black Caucus would want to vote for someone that they don't think is not going to be in their best interest? Why don't you think that the Black Caucus said, you know what? We have twenty two votes.' Yeah." We demand it to be a, 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 you know, someone from the Black Caucus. You know, because people don't realize the gravity of not having the Speaker and the Illinois Supreme Court drawing their maps. Yeah. And then we don't have Kilbrides out. So Illinois Supreme Court, you know, they don't care where you live. They don't care. And they just, they're going to draw their maps. They want to see it. So you... You could you could lose with the maps being drawn by the Supreme Court. People need to be careful because they might get what they wish for, and you might actually have. We will we'll, we will now lose one of the last Democratic House in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Yeah, no, I, a lot is on the line. A lot is on the line. Although I will say this. I uh, someone like Chris Welch is perfectly capable, in my humble opinion, of overseeing the map drawing prop. Uh, oh, process. No, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, he is. I think Chris is an incredible. Yeah, Will Davis, Chris, Jahan, Gordon Booth. Let me tell you, they're 
I like I like LG Sims, but he went to the Senate. Yeah, I thought LG Sims would be an incredible speaker. I hate to be overly biased, but I was kind of partial to Rob Martwick myself. <laughs> well, he's in the Senate now. Uh, <laughs> I was just talking about the Black Caucus. Yeah, Jahan Gordon Booth would excellent. She'd be excellent. Uh, all right, and uh, let's go back to uh, somehow we found our way to Madigan and we'll go back to Biden for a second. Um, I, uh, I I didn't even really hold my nose in this case, uh, Dave and Jamie. I mean, uh, the, the, my lefty friends teased me because there's something about Joe Biden that I kind of like, uh, even if he, his politics are more to the right than mine. Uh, and I, I don't I can't think of a vote, uh, gentlemen, that I wanted to make as passionately. It really was like an anti-Trump vote more than the pro-Biden vote. But I really I, D- Dave, I was like ready to vote. Uh, I went on election day. I'm an election day voter. I'm like, get me that ballot. And then I took a picture of it, okay, <laughs> to, to, to validate it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so, but here's the thing, Dave and Jamie. Biden did better. I've been studying the, the results than many state reps did, many Senate candidates did, many congressional candidates did. So, What's the problem with the Democratic Party? You're two lifelong Democrats trying to win these down ballot positions uh, in rural districts and some suburban districts. Why are the Democrats struggling so hard? I know they won at the top with Biden. A lot of that had to do with the fact that people hated Trump. But why down ballot struggles, Dave Feller? Yeah, I think we're we're. We're, we're, we're encountering a little bit of um, ideological schizophrenia, you know? I mean, it's kind of like, um, I mean, on the northwest side over there, it's like uh, Cicero uh, Avenue is the uh, DMZ. You know, east of Cicero is a, a certain type of voter, and then you, you the further west of Cicero you go, it, it, it really is... Uh, a lot different. And it has nothing to do with with, like, with race or, or ethnicity. It's it, it seems to be um, uh, an outlook. You know, I always I, I always kind of um, uh, tease uh, Carlos Rosa, who's I, um, I consider Carlos a, a, a friend, a, a guy that I, I've worked on a couple campaigns with and against on certain on certain things. You know, I'm not supposed to tease while I'm on the show. <laughs> so it's right. so he. Uh, he always would tell me, you know, I'm here to, to fight for the the the, um, uh, the the brown black people, and I always just say, Carlos, the brown people that live by me think like me, not like you, you know. So there's, there's this, and we're kind of losing those types of voters. I mean, it is certain, uh, and, and, and I, I got to say this, uh, and I've said this before, uh, proudly, I'm a liberal, I'm not a leftist, you know, and. But the the, the the progressive um, leftist bent that's kind of driving more and more people away. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe their uh, uh, the the approach. Um, it, it, some people are upping their their game. And they're becoming a little more uh, radicalized or a little more in your face, and that that, that, that type of stuff drives people away. But that's um, kind of where we're going. We're, we're losing big chunks of areas, like I said, in the rural areas. On the northwest side, there are people go vote Republican than Democrat, which is bizarre. I mean, ben, are you talking more just to like this last election of, of 
you know, we the, lost a lot, even about the whole country, we lost a lot of downward races. And and I, I think it's mostly because, you know, when they, uh, those, you know, Trump received a lot, actually more votes this time than he did last time, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and when you, when they come down ballot, they just look at, oh, Republican and just, they hit the Republican. Or, or they just drop off, they just drop off and don't vote for it. And, you know, what I'm hearing a lot of is that the General Assembly is going to become like Congress. We're getting all the way to, either to the left, all the way to the right. And and I think that's, it's, you, you see it everywhere. And I, I think part of the issue is a Democratic primary. You're, you're, you are getting a, there is a voter now that, their position is under no circumstances am I voting for this person no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that is where we're losing some of these down ballot races also because what they'll, they'll say is, you know what, my candidate was not picked, so that's it. Yeah, the, the, this, this purity test, this litmus test continually, it, 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 it kind of uh, it retards the process. It really right. does. And I think that's what's happening. They're like, no, yeah. we, we're not going to do it. There's, you know, I'm taking my ball and go home because I didn't get my way. Right. And that's what that's what's happening. And so they're like, so what happens is the other people will come out. They'll say, they'll come out and they'll vote. So we're going to vote this way. We're going to yeah. our candidate didn't win, but so we're we're going to vote because we prefer this other candidate over this one. You know? That's why I mean I'm I'm I, I I'm sponsoring the ranked choice. You know, voting. I think that might. Maybe that might help help us. I don't know. You, Ben, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. So, you know, listen. I mean, I, I Jamie is a, a little different district than where where, kind of where, uh, where I'm at over there. But I tell you something. I, I'm getting a little fed up with friends of mine who were Democrats and now they're kind of like playing footsie on the other side. And then I asked them to vote Democrat, and they're like, "Do me a huge favor." You know? <laughs> Like, oh, my God, I don't know. I'm like, you know, hey. People don't want to be labeled as Republican, and people don't want to be labeled as, as Democrat. Yeah. And that's the big issue now. That's why so a minority of of people are now electing. It's saying the city, anywhere where there's no generals, the minority is, is electing the representation of the whole district because a lot of people don't want to be labeled either as a Democrat or don't want to be labeled as a Republican, so they don't want to pull a primary. They don't want to pull a primary ballot, and that's affecting the races too. Huh? Yeah, I find that uh, you know, uh, I, gentlemen, I find that a little hard to um, to understand the mentality. I understand what you're saying is true. I I've been a lifelong Democrat. I I can remember the two instances in my life, David Feller, and I've been living a long time. Two times I voted Republican. Two times in my life. One was in 1980 for Bernard Carey. I was not going to vote for Daly. Sorry, guys. I know you love Daly, but I could not vote for Daly. For and uh, the other one when I voted uh, for Charles Percy. I always liked Percy. So in '78. So I just identify with the Democratic Party because the Republican is such an abomination to me. I couldn't where they're at right now. Darren Bailey is probably going to be their gubernatorial candidate in 2022. I don't know how I, I could vote for him. Yeah, who else? Who's going to beat him? 
But I, 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 I said, I believe Darren Bailey, the state senator, uh, will be the Republican gubernatorial candidate against J.P. Pritzker in 2022. And then, then you, I mean, <laughs> talk about uh, talk about throwing a softball to J.P., huh? <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm worried. We got to uh, close down the show because my dear friend, the producer's got to go somewhere. Uh, but I'll, uh, I'm worried right now. I will put, tell you this, gentlemen. Um, I'm worried about the future of the Democratic Party, my beloved Democratic Party, at this moment, uh, coming out of this election. And I realize, Dave Feller and Jamie, things can change really fast in politics. But at this moment, I'm a little worried. I said it on your show last week, uh, Dave, so you know I'm not just saying it right now. I, I'm a little worried about the future of the party. Um, yeah, some of the stuff that's coming up uh, during this pandemic with, with the, the, some of the housing initiatives, they're, you know, they, they, they keep talking about it. Listen, you're going to drive uh, middle class voters away when if some of these things come to fruition. And, you know, either they're going to vote Republican or they're just not going to vote. All right. That's Dave Feller, Jamie Andrade as well. Gentlemen, we have to head out. Uh, we'll bring you back. Let's see, probably in January to discuss what is going down with uh, the Democratic caucus and Michael Madigan. I think it'll be a red hot issue. Andre, I like to talk about Andre. All right. Okay. Uh, Dennis, let's just, just indulge me in Andre. Andre Vasquez, 40th Ward Alderman, voted yes with the mayor. Uh, he was a Democratic Socialist when he ran. He, I guess he still says he is. And he's been getting grief from the Democratic Socialists who want to oust him. And uh, so I'll say this uh, to you, Jamie. I think Democratic uh, Socialists is not as benevolent uh, in uh, people who turn against them as, let's say, Mary, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She gave a committee chair to Matt O'Shea. He voted no in the budget. He still gets to be aviation chair. She gave a committee. Can you imagine Michael Joseph Madigan putting up with that? He gave, he gave a, how about Tom Tony's zoning, Jamie? And he still gets to be zone, the most powerful committee. Come on, Jamie. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. But that's next year. Michael J. Madigan still gave all chair. Anyone who deserved the chairmanship got one. Uh, you know, but it's, but it, and that's, there is, that's what they're here. They're treating Andre like if he was uh, a leopard child or something. And sometimes in this world, you have to compromise, but the, yeah. the sense of compromise is for them, it's, it's mutiny. It's, you're a traitor. You're there. And it's, I just, I don't know how politics is going to go forward if, if that's if that's how we're going to get if, stuff done. If you go through the, with the throat every single battle, you know, it, you're, you're, it's going to, uh, like I said, it goes to the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree with you on this one, particularly it's a pandemic. I would give them, uh, a, this is a pandemic budget. Now, I got to tell you a, a very, um, Sympathetic to, to the lefties in the city council. I am one myself. Uh, Jamie, I know you and I are opposite size. Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez. I'm a big fan of hers. As uh, you were, you were with them. I don't issue with her. Okay. Well, she I comes up. I, I just live, live and let live. That's yes. Right. Yeah. Live so I give, live. I would give Andre a pass on this particular budget. Come on, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You right. know, and uh, and I'm a little disappointed with. Yeah. 
I'm more I'm more disappointed with the alderman on the northwest side who voted no, even though there were workers, city workers in their wards whose jobs were saved by the budget. I do not understand that disloyalty to their own people. And for that matter, Michael Madigan's alderman voted no. He voted so you know, no. I asked, I asked a few aldermen, Ben, because I couldn't understand either. You know what there was? Do you know what the, I, I'm not saying who, but a couple of them, you know what the response was? Because I couldn't get it either. I said, I've been around politics a long time. I don't understand the no vote. What it, they say? It defunded the police by three or 500,000. And most of those, a lot of those districts have a lot of police officers. So if the a yes vote would have been approving to eliminate all those all the budget from the police department. Okay, so they were nervous because the Fraternal Order of Police said they're going to run candidates in the 13th Ward, any, all the wards where they voted know, for the budget. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I barely get the, my, my phone line doesn't reach past uh, Madison. Okay, so the, the point is, is that those were vacant positions. It's an old budget game, you know this. Uh, the, the way they do is they don't fill a vacant position and that way they get to spend the money on something else. So they were right. never gonna fill those police vacancies in a million years. Every single alderman in the Chicago City Council knows how the game's played. They know that was a bogus uh, issue, but they got nervous when the Fraternal Order Police said they were going to run candidates to the right of them in the 19th Ward, in the 13th Ward, in the 45th Ward, and in the 41st Ward. You know as well as I did, that's the dictator of those votes. And I'm just saying this. There are good people who live in those wards, who work for the city, whose jobs were saved because Andre Vasquez voted yes. Correct. So why does, why does Matt O'Shea get a pass? Why does... Uh, Gardner in the 45th get a pass. These are people who they voted against some of their constituents. And and I, I don't understand it, uh, Jamie. They're so afraid of the Fraternal Order of Police uh, in this issue that they voted against. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's called white privilege. I don't know. Wow. You know what? That's a good a place to leave it as ever because we got to go because Dennis has got to go. Gentlemen. No, maybe white privilege. White privilege. Jamie Andretti said that, not me. Gentlemen, have a great holiday. Stay safe and sound. We'll talk to you in the new year, all right? Thank you very much, Ben, as always. Take care, you guys. That's Dave Feller, Jamie Andrade. I'm Ben Drofsky. Take care, everybody.